Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Many of you already know that this coming Sunday is the Feast of Christ the King, or its full title, Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. It is a feast that was instituted by Pius XI back in 1925 and instituted for some very important uh, reasons. In the 1920s and 30s, if you remember your world history, both in Europe and in uh, South America, there were many revolutionary movements, uh, ideological uh, movements, that threatened uh, the life of the Church, but threatened generally the idea of belief and uh, of Christian values. There was a revolution in Mexico that in the early 1920s uh, turned uh, very strongly, sometimes viciously, anti-Catholic. In Europe, uh, fascism and communism had become the new ideologies and found many, many followers. And if they were not overtly against particular churches, they certainly abandoned most of the Christian values that had dominated our European and Western histories. And especially the authoritarian uh, movements concerned Pius XI very deeply. And in instituting the Feast of Christ the King, what he was saying to the world and reminding Catholics is that there is only one person that can claim that total and absolute authority over our human person, and that is Jesus Christ. There is no government, no movement that can ever put a claim on the totality of the human person and on the, that human person's loyalties and faith. It was a powerful statement. It, of course, became all the more important when many of those ideologies not only found great political support, actually took over various countries, but also led to a terrible war. And those ideologies were always touched by violence, by hatred, and were a profound challenge to Christians throughout the world. And in proclaiming Christ the King, I think the Holy Father was saying, Remember, Christians, your faith is in a God through Jesus Christ, who is the only one who is truly a king and can claim your allegiance. Be also assured that that king and his glory will be fully revealed at the end of time. So even in the most difficult times, be of good will and good cheer, for Christ is king, and his kingship will be established forever. Now, within the past, say, 30 years or so, this feast day that was originally celebrated in October is now always celebrated as the last Sunday of the Church's year. And therefore, we celebrate on that feast day not only the kingship of Jesus Christ, we celebrate as well the end of the year of grace 
2022. We celebrate the conclusion of the Church's calendar, and that feast of Christ the King therefore becomes a way of summarizing, a way of culminating all that we had celebrated throughout the past year, all of the great mysteries of our Christian faith, from Advent, Christmas, through Good Friday, Easter, into Pentecost, and through those Sundays of ordinary time in which the life and the power of Jesus Christ is spread out before us in the liturgy and in sacred scripture. And now, as the Church comes to its, its end, obviously, the attention in the past uh, couple of weeks has been toward that culmination of all human history we know as the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you have probably uh, heard in the past couple of Sundays, readings from sacred scripture and especially from the Gospels indicating that in fact this is to come. We don't know exactly when. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ tells us explicitly we cannot know that, but we must be prepared for it whenever the will of God decides this is indeed the fullness of time. But we are to be prepared. We are to be strengthened. We have throughout this past year celebrated all the mysteries of our Lord's uh, life and death and his offer of salvation. We have um, contemplated the many ways by which that salvation can become an integral and saving part of our own existence. And in fact, in that second coming of Jesus Christ, we will have the ultimate revelation of his glory that we may over these past years or uh, even when our Lord was on this earth, we saw in, in snatches and in wonderful uh, hints and, in fact, in, in gifts of great power. But now there will be that ultimate revelation of his authority and the summing up of all individual and universal lives. And that second coming is an important doctrine of the Christian church. But you may notice that the, immediately after the final week of uh, one year, the church starts a new one. And I think that this is because the church wants to stress a marvelous aspect of the mission of Jesus Christ. Until his second coming, there is always the offer of a new beginning. And every time we, we change from one calendar to another, from the last Sunday of ordinary time to the first Sunday of Advent, I think we can take a deep breath, sum up what has been passed, think of what is yet to be done, realizing that the power of Christ will allow us to accomplish that in our time and our goodwill and in our continuing hope. And taking that deep breath, we begin afresh and thank God for those new beginnings. But I want to stress that uh, in celebrating this Feast of Christ the King, what we celebrate is a conclusion. And uh, a conclusion 
that allows us to look back now over the great mysteries we have celebrated, the cycles of Christmas, of Easter, the great feast of many of our saints, and realize that in concluding that celebration, we have this summing up of their meaning. And the annual opportunity to enfold that meaning of the mission of Jesus Christ into our own lives and, uh, and allow our own lives to then be enfolded in the life of Christ. This is perhaps a time for an examination of our own growth in the Christian life and the acceptance of the fact that our earthly life will come to its conclusion. But yet, the Church tells us, by immediately starting a new liturgical year with Advent, that God will grant a new beginning until the second coming, which will be the ultimate conclusion and the ultimate beginning of life everlasting. We are assured, not only by our Lord, but also by the early apostles, that the patience and the love of God is constant. It is there always being offered to us. But although we hear that offer, we ask ourselves, do we ever realize it and do we ever draw on it? for we're not going to be able to enjoy this on this earth forever. But in celebrating this great feast of Christ the King, in acclaiming him that King of our lives, of our minds and our hearts, giving thanks for the gifts that he has given us, remembering all of the powerful aspects of uh, the mission of Jesus Christ that we have just celebrated in the past year, Thinking of all this, I think we want to celebrate the passing of the old year, the old liturgical year, with gratitude, and greet the new year with great hope, always praying as we are asked to do by the last verses of the book of Revelation, come, Lord Jesus, come. Commemorating the Feast of Christ the King has always been a great source of joy for me. But this year, it has an additional meaning for me. With this broadcast, I shall be ending these reflections, which I have been privileged to offer for the listeners of St. Gabriel Radio over the many weeks, months, and past years. Recently, I turned an interesting corner and saw clearly before me the approach of the 80th anniversary of my birth. And birthdays seem always to come as a surprise to me now. But the writer and critic Samuel Johnson once wrote that when one turns 80, it is time to be in earnest. I thank you for your gracious support over these many years and ask that you remember me in your prayers as I do in my prayers for each of you. Christians never really say goodbye, but rather farewell, or more accurately, fare thee well, as we all continue our pilgrimage to the kingdom. 
And on that pilgrimage, always ending all of our thoughts and prayers with, Praise be the name of Jesus, now and forever. Amen.